Welcome to another episode of the Miles Offside Podcast, where we talk a little bit of Rocket League and a whole lot of Rocket League. My name is Oscar Puente, also known as Footy From Afar, and with me, as always, are my squad mates, Super Producer Ian Stimson and Quiz Wizard Chuck Bailey. GG, boys. Nice shot. What a save. <laughs> Great pass. Is someone getting back into Rocket League? Oh yeah, big time, big time. Well, I never got off the train, but next week is the first uh, international major event that's in person for like since before the pandemic. Um, mm-hmm. So like the top five teams from Europe, North America, South South America, all that, all the regions are all going to Sweden. They've all been arriving the last couple of days. My entire Twitter timeline is just like Rocket League pros being like, oh my God, I haven't seen my friends in four years. <laughs> so I'm very excited. And I don't want to talk about the soccer, so we're just going to talk about Rocket League this week. Uh, none of our teams won this week, spoiler alert. So, you know, strap in, guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're going to be more offside than usual this week. In and out. Um, <laughs> Done and dusted. That is what it felt like watching the soccer. It's just relentless at this time of year, isn't it? Do you think they should do a winter break? <laughs> right now, just because all our three teams lost. Maybe don't have teams playing 10 games in 42 days. I don't know. Maybe rotate your players in dead rubber competitions before you complain <laughs> about fixture conjecture. Jürgen Klopp. Um, yeah, and, sure, you sure, know, sure. yeah, yeah, sure. <laughs> I mean, the, the advantage is, though, if you do, you know, if we do have the three losses across the podcast, we, we don't have to wait long for a, a new fixture to come along yeah. to either compound that misery or uh, yeah well we have the midweek fixtures as well so you know that was a win at least ian posh island 73 percent for relegation sorry bud oh move on oh that's oh that's awful oh all right all right all right right. well if you're joining us for the first time thank you we are very happy to have you we are one american and two brits and we try to talk about the premier league but often get distracted especially when our teams lose uh if you are returning thank you we love you we appreciate it um, tell a friend, leave us a review, five stars, patreon.com slash milesoffsidepod. Nailed it. There you go. And uh, we'll kick things off as we usually do around here with our very famous segment. <clears throat> rapid, rapid, rapid fire news. Our top story this evening, gentlemen, the dream is over. Newcastle have begun to remove the Sports Direct signs from around the club's St. James's Park Stadium, much to the delight of fans. The signs are seen as a hangover from previous owner Mike Ashley, who owned the sports retail firm and had the signs on each side of the stadium. Work began on Monday and will continue this week. Um, I'm surprised it took this long. Wouldn't that just be the first thing you do? Remove all the Sports yeah. Direct stuff? I guess there's some sort of hangover quirk of sponsorship. Um, Clean the vomit out of the fireplaces, that sort of thing. Giant mugs and whatever else Sports Direct sell. God, um, who knows? I got something from them once. Yeah? Yeah, it was like a, a Chelsea track jacket that was like $5, including shipping to the US, and I still don't to this day understand how that happened. The person who rung that up at the checkout would have had to work for four hours to earn that money, so um, enjoy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I got a, a Calvin Klein uh, sand-coloured blazer once. What are the, what what are the chances are you, that what, was? What the fuck <laughs> did you just say? <laughs> Roll that back. I think I still own it. Right. Why the fuck are you not wearing it right now? That's why his camera's <laughs> always off. Um, y- you yeah. bought a Calvin Klein mm. sand-coloured blazer mm. from mm. Sports mm. Direct. Yeah, I think yeah. it was about 60-70% off or something. Yeah, right. Really right. Good deal. And, and I'm super sure it was genuine. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. Is this one of those cases where you guys are saying a word and you and like it's not the word that I would think it means? When you say sand colored, I can't imagine anyone willingly choosing to wear a sand colored jacket. What do you mean by sand? It must be a different color. I'm thinking. Well, what like sort of beige, light Wait, what? brown. No, no, no. Hang on. How is this the layer that we're going for? What what other color could sand be? <laughs> I don't know. Y'all use words all different all the time. Y'all use words all different. Well, okay, but <laughs> I just assume that sand is such an ugly color. There's no way someone would choose a jacket in that. Well, <laughs> yeah. think again. Well, well, I'm wearing it to the next meetup. That's <laughs> decided. Look at those prices. You compromise. You compromise on the color palette at those prices, and evidently, your own shame pays the price as well. That's gotta look terrible on you, man. That with your sand-colored fucking Calvin yeah, Klein man. jacket, oh, like a beigey sort of. What's you know? Yeah, but are you warm toned or cool toned? Like, are you kind of yellow shaded white dude or like pink shaded white dude? Because that's like two different things. Depends right? different... how much he's had to drink. Does it yeah, not... fair enough. <laughs> Does it not come over on the Skype that I've never seen the sun? Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. But even within that, like, you know, there's shades I, of I, white. I see myself <laughs> when I wear it as some sort of, like, Roger Moore character. Is that not what what's probably happening? Uh, Roger Moore these days, sure, yeah. <laughs> dead. Um... Yeah, I'm pretty sure he's dead. <laughs> yeah, dead. Uh, next story. Uh, a peak <laughs> audience of 1.3 million watched Chelsea beat Arsenal in Sunday's delayed... 2021 FA Cup final on BBC One. There were a further 160,000 live stream requests for the match, with che- which Chelsea won 3-0, fucking dominant. Uh, the victory in front of 41,000 fans at Wembley on the 50th anniversary of the competition completed the Blues' domestic quadruple. Let's go, Chelsea. Uh, well done on getting a Chelsea winning story into the, into, into hey man, the news. Best there. team in the world, Chelsea quadruple. <laughs> but no, it was good. It was good to have... Uh... BBC One live coverage there. It's uh, impressive stuff and an impressive performance by Chelsea there. So uh, mm-hmm. well done to you, Oscar. I yeah. I was pivotal in that victory. Yeah. If it wasn't for me, they wouldn't have done anything. So sure, sure, sure. Of of course. Uh, quite funny that it comes on the. It came on the hundredth anniversary, I believe, of uh, women's football being banned in this country. Did it until like the eighties? Right? Like, wasn't the eighties when it came back? It was like really yeah, fucking very late. very late, far um, too late. And, yeah. And and the only reason really was because it was pop- more popular than the men's game. Like there were sixty thousand people going to women's games in nineteen twenties, and then it was just the classic man's meeting of going. Well, no, we can't have the women doing this, so it's uh, unseemly for women to um to be uh to be playing football, and that's why like literally became illegal. And so it's mad that that's in fairly recent. Uh, memory some of our grandparents would probably know that and then you know now we get to see a women's game kind of coming back and getting bigger and bigger all the time being shown on bbc um none of the two o'clock fixtures in the premier league were on tv here um that obviously clashed at the same time and uh, you know more and more and more of those games being shown it, it can only be a good thing as as you know the women's game does rightly get the plaudits it deserves um even if financially uh, at the minute, I mean, I think Chelsea got £25,000 for winning the FA Cup final. And in the men's game, if you win a match in the first round proper, you get £22,000. So yeah, kind of shows you the disparity between the uh, the games at the minute, especially when you look at the audience that the women's final pulls in and you look at, you know, 
No, I can't name a team that played in the first round proper for fuck's sake. So yeah, and I mean it's not even just in England either, too, because like women's soccer is pretty popular over here for obvious reasons. They're better than our men's team. Mm-hmm. Um, so like the NWSL is popular, and now the is it just WSL? I always forget what you guys call it. Yeah, women's super league. The yeah. women's super league. Yeah, is getting shown here. I know more and more people are watching. I know a lot, as especially I mentioned this before, but when all the American players went over there because of the pandemic and like our leagues weren't running. That really got a bunch of Americans watching the Women's Super League, the English uh, Soccer League, which is pretty fucking cool, I think. That, like, even 10 years ago, it wasn't particular. Tens uh, a stretch. Let's say 15 years ago, it wasn't particularly easy to get a men's FA Cup final on TV over here. Right. And now, like, you know, forget about, like, having people to watch it with. And now it's just, like, lots of people are watching the game, which is fucking awesome. And also Chelsea won, so shout out. (laughs) Speaking of the FA Cup, our next story, National League leaders Chesterfield will visit last season's runners-up Chelsea in the third round of the (laughs) FA Cup. Elsewhere, Liverpool will entertain League One Strawberry, and Manchester will visit Swifton Town. Oh, Oh, I forgot about that! Sorry, I don't mean to kill your flow, but that was a great pull, and it deserves the recognition. (laughs) Thank you, sir. Thank you, I was proud of that welcome. Uh, we got Villa with United, West Ham with Leeds, and Leicester with Watford. Oh, shit. Leicester are the holders. That's right. They beat us. Other fixtures as well. Uh, are your boys' team still in here? Now we're a championship team for, for this season, at least. Um, we we go in at the same time as the Premier League teams. Cause, oh, you know, hey. Similar... Yeah, you guys have Bristol Rovers, I see, on the list here. Yeah, similar status. Are you going to beat Bristol? Are they higher than you, lower than you? I know that team. But... Of course we won't beat them. No, no. Two, le- two leagues lower, but won't beat them. Um, and, and also, are your teams still in? All the Premier League teams go in at this round, so yeah. <laughs> okay, you know I don't care about the FA Cup. <laughs> we may not have scored a cup goal since 2019, <laughs> but we're in it by default. Okay, all right, all right. You got Millwall. Yeah, big South London derby. Tell me about a Millwall. What is well, that? Well, we've got Millwall this Saturday, so we'll soften them up for you, mate. No problem. Oh, a championship team. Yeah. Oh, you guys might In a month. That. They are racist scum, so uh, um, oh, okay. we absolutely right. fucking smash them. Uh, there yeah. you go. Okay, then. Um, moving not, right don't, along. Don't even censor that. I have nothing to justify not, it. Racist scum. Hope we absolutely <laughs> fucking I was going to sort of meter your response then, and then I stopped myself because I was sort of like, actually, I'm just going to leave that because the the fans of theirs that aren't racist scum know that they've got a terrible reputation for the things that a lot of their fans do. So, yeah, let's just leave that in. Alrighty then. Much, much, much more of a reason to root for Palace than normal. So (laughs) let's go with that. Uh, I'm going to trust you guys on that one. Uh, Let's just keep moving right along. This is our last news story, and then we can get to the soccer. The German Football Association is investigating England midfielder Jude Bellingham's comments about referee Felix Zweier after Borussia Dortmund's 3-2 defeat by Bayern Munich. Bellingham 18 questions Zweier's appointment, referring to his six-month ban for a match-fixing scandal in 2005. Uh, speaking to Viaplay, Bellingham said, You give a referee that has match-fixed before the biggest game in Germany. What do you expect? Um, for me, it wasn't a penalty. He's not even looking at the ball and he's fighting to get it. It's him, blah, 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 blah. Some fucking shade and a half, basically. I just make jokes. Shade. Yeah. I mean, you've you. The only thing with this is you've. This is maybe a touch of an experience that uh, you know the likes of Jose Mourinho, for instance, when he gives a presser, never never does. He will always stay just about the right side of the line. And Bellingham could have questioned the the calls that he made or whatever. But the even if it's someone who's previously had a dodgy history, the second you say anything about 
you know, a referee being biased in any way or, or any anything like that, then you know that you're going to get... Yeah, but it's, it's the fact know. that it's being investigated by police. It's not being <laughs> investigated by the, the German Football Association. It's the police after he says, hey, look, this referee, he's been done for match-fixing before. Funnily enough, that is fact. They tried to bury it. it like Oscar said, it was back in 2005. He accepted, like, 300 euros to... <laughs> To not uh, to to basically fix a game and, and manipulate it and not allow for um, contentious decisions or whatever it was. I can't remember what the the wording was on the article I read. And they tried to bury it for ages. And it's like, well, why is this guy allowed? To, don't allow him to carry on. Like, I that's, that's fully get what you say. But... And then give him literally <laughs> the biggest game in German football. But like, you know what I'm saying? Questioning it after the game, you could do it sort of. I don't know later on and say. This guy shouldn't be refereeing games full stop, perhaps. But once he has been appointed and once the game's played, then questioning is is just, it's never going to end well for you. That's all I'm saying. I'm not making a value judgment on whether this referee in particular should have been appointed or not, because it sounds from what you're saying that he definitely shouldn't have been. But, you know, once it's done, you you can't question these things. Well, you don't want to question it beforehand. You never know. You know, you're taking a gamble on you're betting on yourself versus yeah. who it's maybe fixed your towards. fans bought him out. <laughs> right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, you got a fifty-fifty chance. So they got that's a risk that they got to take there. I think exactly. No, I'm for it. Good on him, <laughs> the boy from Brum, coming out and and calling this shit out. He's no not fear. wrong. He's like zero percent wrong. Just spitting facts, truths, straight truths. Mm. Um, before we move on to the soccer, I did want to make a little um comment here uh and that is that we just it's not mental health awareness month that i know of or suicide prevention week or anything specific but i have noticed in my personal life and on myself uh and just kind of like people around me that the winter blues are starting to set in so i just wanted to say that if you are feeling kind of down lately just know you're not alone uh there's lots of people out and about who are just trying to get through day by day um myself included uh and i'd imagine many many of you um it's okay to not be okay. We're here if you want to talk. Even if you don't want to talk, at least you should know that you are not alone in this. So hang in there, guys. You know, it's been a rough couple of years and we're hitting winter, but we all got each other. Um, but with that, let's go ahead and jump into the actual soccer. Starting things off with... West Ham 3, Chelsea 2, West Ham 1.8 to Chelsea's 1.2. This coming off the back of a slightly but not really deserved win from Chelsea against Watford. Two bad games against two <laughs> W teams. Probably deserved about a point out of those two matches. Karma. It's karma for your, your W hubris <laughs> over the years. You, mate. Yeah, exactly. Maybe I should learn you. which ones are which at this point if the W teams are going to be beating us. It's horse shit. <laughs> well, the, the thing is with it, these particular W teams is there's one that I would never expected to have given you problems and one that admittedly 3-2 and the ga- the sort of game it was was maybe slightly surprising against West Ham but if you'd have asked me before the game have West Ham got a decent chance of getting a result I would have I would have said yeah they probably have got a decent chance of getting a result mm. so it's just it's the 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 width of the W teams uh that you made a meal of the Watford game and then, yep, you know, lost the lost the West Ham game. What's your um, assessment on specifically the West Ham game of whether you deserved to lose? I hate the, using that word, but you know what I mean. Um, yeah, 
on the eye test, it felt like we deserve to lose. Yeah. Uh, the the XG is one point eight to one point two, so it's close, but like a, it rounds to two one, so that mm. feels like a loss. Um, emotionally, just just not about it, man. Like it's it's um. I had hoped, I mentioned this in the preseason pod, and I had hoped that Conte wouldn't be our fatal flaw, our Achilles heel here, because mm. um, we don't really have anyone that does what he does. And as good as Jorginho is, Jorginho with Ruben is not the same as Jorginho with Conte. Whoa. Yeah, and Jorginho Georgi- and Mendy have both had third best a player, bad Third week. best player in the world. <laughs> yeah. Third best yeah. player in the world. He yeah, should yeah, be able to... Yeah. It's yeah? classic, like, uh, when a manager gets uh, manager of the month territory, isn't it? You give him an award and then or you, they get close to an award and Jesus Christ, he's had a rough No, usually rough manager of the month's deserved. Um, no, but I mean, uh, then as soon uh, yeah. as they get that, they go off the boil. That's what I mean. You give Fergie it at Peterborough and he has three months of fucking nightmarish results. You had your chance to talk about, you know, the lower leagues. <laughs> yeah, we <laughs> move over. <laughs> One and done. Now is, now is the time for Oscar's misery. Okay, so... Um, does it hurt more it being West Ham? Uh, does it hurt less that, that West Ham are actually good this year? No, it 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 sucks. It didn't hurt like who it was. We just got outplayed and we lost. Like I'm not gonna. It, it fucking put me in a bad mood because then I had to sit there and watch like Liverpool hoping they drop points or City hoping they drop points, knowing full well that they fucking wouldn't and they didn't. Um, well, you know, Liverpool it, did their uh, best. I was gonna say Liverpool <laughs> left it very late, but yeah, sure. sure but they they. Like thoroughly outplayed Wolves. It wasn't yes, like yes. like that would have been a Burnleying and a half. Anyway, yeah, yeah. Um, for me, it was a bummer. We went out to eat and I was talking to Emily. We were both just kind of like in a sad mood. And it was like, we knew going off the eye test and off the underlying numbers that at this point we were probably the third best team. But, you know, we had that points cushion. Um, we were not conceding. We were just like doing our thing. Uh, enough so that like the narrative and like traditional type folks were like, oh yeah, total title race. And the math people were like, yeah, I mean, you have a cushion built in and you're not that much worse that you can't get better and then just keep that lead. Um, we're now in third place. We uh, are a worse team, projected worse, and it is not looking particularly likely. I'm kind of feeling like this might be just title race over. I'm sure a lot of people are currently rolling their eyes, talking about how I'm overreacting. Um, but I just think that we needed to keep the cushion until our underlying performances caught up to their underlying performances. And instead, we lost the cushion and our underlying performances are getting worse. Um, we are down now 11% for the title on 538. Yeah, but they're always wrong. So <laughs> it doesn't really matter. Fair enough. That's true. <laughs> it's. It, I think it's just that time of year because I've kind of felt with Palace that where the fixtures come so thick and fast that you you lose a bit of... You can lose a bit of perspective on it. But uh, the, the problem is, is that you, you expect... Man City and Liverpool to carry on as as they are and and just kind of steamroller people. So it's it's difficult, but I don't think necessarily Chelsea are out of it at all. Like everybody's got good fixtures up until Christmas, and then you know you're still within touching distance when you play the other of the teams. <laughs> Hilariously, I think to me this goes back to mentality. Um, <laughs> proper what? Because Passion? if just we get in are... there, grab someone by the throat. Yeah, pro- fucking aggressive, mate. As uh, Fabian Delf would say, <laughs> fucking aggressive right. lads. As Fabian Delf would say, yeah. Right. There's, a, um, there's a quote. No, it's, a, a, it's a mentality thing. I think if you, if we are the Chelsea that we want to be, then fixtures shouldn't particularly matter. 
Rotation shouldn't particularly matter. We should just be getting points and wins and being better all the time, always. That's what City are. That's mostly what Liverpool are, or are this year and kind of have been. That's what PSG in France or Bayern Munich in Germany are, right? And so if we're going to sit here and be like, oh, we want to be a, a big, big boy, not just a big boy, like fucking elite. Big boy. Um, <laughs> then we have to play that way. Like, fuck the fixtures, fuck the rotation, fuck the whatever, whatever. Like, it sucks that there's such an obvious weak point of like, if we don't have Conte, we're going to struggle. Mm. And, and that sucks. That makes me sad. Because I thought that we were hopefully at the level of a city or Liverpool, and we are not. And I didn't think Liverpool were going to be at the level of a Liverpool, and they are. So. No. Well, that's yeah. That that's been the the level of their attacking prowess has been surprising. Um, but is there a, a minor uh, what's the word consolation that at least Chelsea's conceding lately has been? individual errors i mean it literally has been Jorginho and uh and mendy, mendy. it's been Jorginho. Uh, yeah <laughs> you know and and it's not oh, felt bad. necessarily systemic it's it's been more individual errors and and tiredness and lack of concentration when it comes to playing so many games can happen i mean even the the, the difference with man city is they seem to have been you know ultimately scoring more than the opposition but they they've been conceding goals as well it's not, yeah. you know, it's not. It, there, there haven't been that many shutouts for for Man City lately, or Liverpool, and, uh, or Liverpool. But again, yeah, they're yeah, good good example again. In that they're just scoring more than the opposition, whereas Chelsea haven't yet nailed that. You know, scoring two or more every game. Um, yeah. So that so, but is there some consolation in that it's it's individual errors? It doesn't seem systemic. I would say there's no consolation because I disagree with your claim. Okay. <laughs> Specifically, uh, we conceded five goals over those three, but only two of those were like glaring individual errors. There's still three other goals in there right? Um, across the last three fixtures. And I think that especially even more indicative of that was the first half against Watford, where we were hanging on like by a fucking thread and they were cutting through the whole yeah, defense yeah. quickly and easily. And that wasn't down to Jorginho. That was just like... Maybe down to Saul, who we'll never hear from again. Yeah, but, um, yeah. awful. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, terrible. It's really His second poor. time getting pulled at halftime of two. Of two. Yeah. <laughs> two attempts. That's uh, it. Two hooks. He um, is less than good. West Ham march on. David Moyes is doing well. Doing very, very well. Um, crushed their Europa League group. Um, you know, beating Chelsea, beating Liverpool, beating, I know it's not saying much, but Tottenham um, in the league. Uh, didn't they beat Man City as well this year, I believe? No, they lost to City 2-1. Maybe it was in the cup. No, they knocked them out of the cup. Sorry, they opened them up, uh, uh, beat them in the cup, in the Carabao. Oh, okay. Knocked City out of the City Cup. Um, <laughs> and they could march on. But, you know, we mentioned Liverpool, who definitely rode their luck um, this week. So you must have been a bit frustrated when you saw... The- you know, the classic Divock Origi extra time winner. <laughs> I was furious. I was like fucking almost threw my remote through the wall. It was terrible. Um, and my new friend, not my friend, no, my friend Nick, who is a new Premier League fan. So my new Premier League friend uh, is fucking adopting Liverpool because he's Ooh. a Red Sox fan. As if it's not bad enough, I'm friends with a Red Sox fan. Now I'm friends with a Red Sox slash Liverpool oh. fan. This is what happens when capitalism gets into football. You support I know, right? Fucking Americans coming into our game, picking teams just because they're famous. If, if I can just um, 
dial back. I seem to remember we had a conversation like three years ago where we were talking about teams that people could support if they were getting into the Premier League now. And I'm pretty sure we all said Liverpool were really fun and yeah, you could probably. start supporting them. <laughs> yeah, sure. And with the Red Sox connection, it makes sense. I mean, you know, I totally get why he ended up a Liverpool fan, but yeah. I'm just saying it sucks. Then Come I have on, to do deal your with XG, a Liverpool do fan your XG life. bit. Don't put it off. Come on. All right. Uh, Wolves <laughs> 0.2 to Liverpool 2.2. Five, very nearly Watforded here. Liverpool mm. two point five <laughs> smackdown, and that's on the back of a two point one in the fucking Merseyside derby against Everton four one on the scoreline two point one to zero point six on XG. Liverpool have had a fucking week. Yeah, after I already spent last week crying about how they scare me, and we're gonna have a week. Yeah, but they were playing Everton. That's a big game for them, man. That's a statement. Is it? I, I'm not even <laughs> sure it is anymore. To be honest, I mean, like lots of draws historically been... recently. Yeah, lots yeah. and lots of draws, but it's the friendly derby, isn't it? So yeah, I was it's... just about to say friendly derby, and recently with Everton being Everton, I just I don't think Liverpool even countenance that this was a big game. To be honest, it's. It's a far bigger game for Everton than it is for Liverpool. Mm-hmm. You know, Liverpool generated 2.5 against Wolves. I think 2.4 of that was Diogo Jota. Um, yeah. For yeah. the sitters he missed. <laughs> He's having himself a Timo of a year right now with his misses. Exactly. Shout out Connor Cody's dick for defending, <laughs> um, <laughs> blocking blocking Jota's absolute open goal that it I felt, don't it, that, that understand. Felt, do you think there's a beef there from the old Wolves days or something? Because, you know, rather than shoot rather at the than, side of the goal. Rather than score, he thought hit him in the dick. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to get this guy right in the dick. <laughs> Just absolutely pelting it at him. Straight Strong in work, the ding though. dong. Uh, yeah, that was... I mean, if anything, harder than scoring. Um, so good job. <laughs> yeah, just shows the level of skill on the man. Yeah, but, you know, this is the kind of performance that every once in a while you, things don't go your way, but you, you grab yeah. an extra time winner. Divock Origi, is he the most clutch player in the Premier League? <laughs> uh, yes. <laughs> I, th- I, I don't think he can deny it. Disappears, you don't hear from him for months, then pops up, always scores goals. Like he scored that amazing, uh, was it the fourth goal against Barcelona to take them to the, the Champions League final? He always pops up with these last minute goals. I'm pretty sure he's done it against Everton previously. He's got, it was the low goal against uh, Jordan Pickford when Pickford like yes, of course punched it, was, yeah. it up onto his own bar and <laughs> yeah, then it bounced yeah, yeah, yeah. and went in. That was in like the 94th minute as well for the yeah. win. Wasn't that the year they won the title too? Yeah. yeah. Yes. Absolutely loves it, Arigi. Diva Arigi. He's the, he's the glue that holds it all together. <laughs> I swear to God. Remove him. Klopp said in his post-match, uh, such a weird quote. It I really hope he finds weird. a manager who will play him more than I will. Like, bitch, just play him. Be it that manager. Really he's been Be there the change you want to see in the world, <laughs> Jürgen. <laughs> Very odd. Very odd. So weird. But yeah, he, he's, he's just, I mean, he must be happy. He's played like yeah. 38 minutes this year or something stupid. No, 38 games in five years. Something mad like that. Yeah, in the Premier yeah. League, yeah. Yeah, in the Premier League. That's wild. Oh, God. Is this enough about Liverpool? Can we be done talking about Liverpool yet? Yeah, sure. Uh, well, let's go to the next terrible one. We have Watford 1, Manchester City 3, Watford 0.7 to City's 3.7. So a flattering scoreline to Watford, the 3-1. Probably should have been 4-1. Um, <laughs> total dominance here. Total dominance. Yeah. I mean, so to I, – I always like to try and counter – you know, if you're up on Chelsea, I try and bring you down. If you're down on Chelsea, I try and bring you up. But this is a little bit worrying in that – 
Chelsea made such a meal out of Watford the other week and Man City completely fucking dominated Watford in this game. You know, what it was maybe a game state thing that Watford only started coming back into it once it was a, a done deal pretty much anyway. Mm. Um they were so so dominant. It was so I think at half time there was some stat of uh, Man City had completed 300 passes to Watford's, I don't know, 50 or 60 or something. It was an 80% possession. I know we don't necessarily deal with possession as the main stat we worry about anymore, but it, it really was. Watford were not getting a look in at the ball. And that, yeah. from a Chelsea point of view, would be worrying that Man City just completely dominated this side that caused Chelsea problems previously. Not to bring it constantly back to Chelsea, I just thought, you know, swing wildly Drag from trying to bring you down, down and up. Drag him <laughs> down. Um, it, it says a lot. I mean, it, I don't think it's really fair. I know Watford are Watford, but they're not a barometer of performance, <laughs> I don't think, because they are just wild swings. They have no they middle are, ground whatsoever. Right. It's like... <laughs> Oh, two two nil down to Everton in the seventy something yeah. minute win five two. Yeah, or point. or you know just get absolutely destroyed like here where their goalkeeper was probably man in the man of the match in a three one loss um, <laughs> because he at least he made eight saves. Um, yeah, yeah, City had twelve shots on target. <laughs> Fucking hell. Mm, yeah, City just gonna City Bernardo Silva gonna Bernardo Silva um, at the minute. Grealish came close many, many times, um, but just just couldn't nail He's it. He's so fun to watch, man. Mm. Jack Grealish is so good. He is. And then they just casually just go, oh, hey, De Bruyne, come on for the last half an hour because um, <laughs> oh, you've had yeah. COVID. Let's get you back in. Um, they have quite a good squad. Uh, they've heavily <laughs> rotated as well for tomorrow, um, smartly, since they've topped their Champions League group and, and don't have anything to do there. So they've left the players like Cancelo back and whatever. Uh, yeah, I just think all of their team, it 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 feels a bit like, you know, when Messi only scores fifty something goals that year, and you're like, oh, that's not very good because you're like you're comparing him against himself. Yeah, like City have just been this good for so long now that you're like, oh, yeah. this is just kind of normal. And you watch them, and then you actually properly watch them play, and you're like, fuck, they're so good. Like. I, I enjoyed what you said to me the other week, Oscar, about the weekend when it was really snowing and you could just, you could trace exactly where the ball had been mm-hmm. because of yeah, the patterns yeah, yeah. in the and it was really satisfying to watch. I know you don't want to talk about it and your face is like thunder right now, but see the joy in the world somewhere they else. They are beautiful, beautiful to watch. Like City are just objectively like painting. Like, I don't mm. their art, the way they play. More than Tiki Taka was, I think. Everybody used to, like, sweat Tiki Taka. Oh, Tiki Taka football, beautiful football, blah, blah, blah. This is way more fun to me. This is way more aesthetically pleasing to me. Tiki Taka was boring as fuck. But, mm. like, they're so... They're just always about something, this city team. They're always looking to do something. There's no, like, dead times. Even when they shift down, they're still, like, poking and prodding. It's fucking mm. crazy. Yeah, it it easily could have been a legit within variance over performance of XG, and it could have been like six or seven. Uh, yeah, yeah. Off of that oh, three point yeah. seven XG, such were the because I think the goals like Bernardo Silva's second goal, the curling effort was like a point one or something. So, you know, it's not there were a lot of big chances missed. 
Um, so it really easily could have been a, an absolute cricket score. So well done, Watford, for hanging on, I guess. Question mark? Yeah. Uh, let's move on then to Sunday. And we had Tottenham. I guess we should check in on them. Tottenham 3, Norwich 0, 1.7 to 1.6 on XG. Coming Ooh. off the back of a 2.4 to 0.3 win against the formerly mighty Brentford for Tottenham. So two very good performances, two very good results. Yeah, Brentford, I, I still maintain I cursed Brentford. <laughs> well, by, by liking them. Yeah, yeah, that's just how it works. Once I once I express joy for something, it wilts <laughs> on the vine. Um, and that's just kind of it. Do I want to sabotage Tottenham? Yeah, I love watching Tottenham play. I don't. It was it was still fairly boring when I saw the highlights. And giving up one point six xg to Norwich isn't the best of things. I don't think warning signs. Even if you know goals, Conte settling in, um, stuff coming from defenders, playing a new system. Uh, Still got the Harry Kane handicap, it seems. Um, Jeff, uh, he'll enjoy that. But Oscar, what did you think, kind of, as as someone who is experienced in the ways of Antonio Conte, um, how do you think it's starting to compare? I think that it is going about as well as I hoped it would not go. Um, <laughs> so far, he seems to be making weird solutions to, like relatively simple problems but then turns out that they're the better solution like it's fucking frustrating the way he does things like that like for example everybody just assumed he was going to come in and start playing some players that had been notably left out in the midfield um and instead (laughs) (laughs) like every manager (laughs) we'll give him a go oh no still shit poor guy oh oh, no still yeah (laughs) yeah he's finding ways around stuff i guess um they're moving up the underlying numbers table so they're up to sixth at this point and catching up quickly to Palace and potentially West Ham um, for like the fourth best by underlying numbers. They're making more visible progress, at least in terms of like real stuff, not narrative, hashtag narrative stuff, uh, than United are so far, I would say. Um, they're a few weeks ahead with Conte, but still, they are looking like they're going to make uh, an actual top four race, a thing, potentially. Yeah, I mean, if you look at the last, uh, well, obviously they've played a game less because of the Burnley match that was um, postponed. If you look at the the last five games for the rest of the teams, four for Tottenham, Arsenal, Everton and Burnley, um, because Arsenal, Everton is happening as we speak, Tottenham are third in that time for points. So City top with uh, five wins out of five, uh, Liverpool four wins and a loss and Tottenham three wins and a draw. Um, from their last four games. So pretty bloody good, you know, I'd say. Do you think they have a chance to make fourth? Do you think they could catch? Well, I think it makes it a bit more interesting. Um, I don't think West Ham fans will enjoy kind of the potential for, well, Tottenham, like you said, being further along and actually performing to, to higher level numbers and Manchester United potentially having something. You know, I think it opens it up a bit more nicely. Uh, into that fourth spot, which is good to have the competition for various places. What about you, Ian? Where are you at on Spurs in this moment? They've got a manager there who feels like he is beyond uh, where the club is at, and that can only that can only be a good thing for them. So, it, uh, I know what you're saying about him maybe coming up with maybe slightly convoluted solutions, but I think he was really incredibly. Uh, as he said in the press conferences, he was he was surprised at the state that Spurs were in. 
I'd be interested to know exactly what, <laughs> I, uh, uh, you know, what... No cheese! <laughs> no cheese! He thought there'd be a cheese room! <laughs> well, I mean, he'd have banned that immediately, surely, along with the ketchup and everything else. And, 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 no, he'd have allowed the cheese, just no chutney with it. Okay. No chutney, no crackers. No energetic sex, yeah. I mean, it's... Sex with the cheese? Oh, come on, that's not... That's, that's too far, come on. Right. <laughs> that's getting edited out. <laughs> like that's the line we draw, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I think the if they don't have any serious injury problems, I think then definitely they they could still mount a challenge for fourth place. The only problem I foresee with that is that I think Man United made a very good appointment. And yeah. Tottenham made a very good appointment, but Man United made a very good appointment, and I think the building blocks are stronger. I, and I think with the the Man United's new manager, like he changed the system against Palace, and it was relatively instant. I know they didn't; they by, by no means blew away Palace, but I think that was more because Palace, I think, we were quite strong defensively. Sorry, I've sort of moved moved things on to Man United Palace, but. Um, That's fine. You were your natural segues but, four years well, in. I, I, I didn't mean to naturally do that, but the, like, but what I mean How by that is you? that they, <laughs> no, I'm sorry, they, they they changed relatively quickly, and you could see a sort of more compact Man United and and better better use of players. I thought. I mean, we we saw um, Tellez and uh, what's his name, um, Dalo, Dalo, whatever. Harry, Dalo. Yeah. Um, in, instead, obviously Shaw's been out a while, but in, instead of Wambasaka and 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 playing a four-two-two-two, and it seemed to keep him compact and it seemed to work. And I think that that it it might be Man United fourth place might be Man United to lose. It depends how West Ham go, but I think let's. Oh, here we go. Just to give you the Palace, let's just calm the fuck down about Man United <laughs> right now, all right? Yeah. Don't let yourself get caught in the social media fury that is that big red evil machine because they'll have you believe fucking anything. Like, it's one game oh. they generated 0.9 XG against the Palace side that in the last few games have been fucking woeful and they it took a Fred Wonder goal you're, you're to kind of right. actually have it happen. Like, let's calm you, down. It, they played a different <laughs> system. It made sense because they had the four there to pack the midfield. Palace don't have, at the minute, because Joachim Anderson's out, they don't have an outlet passer, someone who will make the diagonal passes, yeah. who will be able to spray it out and clear the danger. So all United had to do was compact that area. And so it was a very simple solution to a kind of obvious problem that we've been seeing. They didn't <laughs> even fucking score a set piece against Palace. <laughs> they didn't score in extra time. So let's not fucking blow them out of proportion here. I, I 100% agree with what you're saying uh, regarding the Palace game specifically. I was merely talking... In relation to Tottenham, who I think have got you know a a uh, worse squad than Man United, but a similar level manager, but it's taken him uh, a few a few games to get them going, and I maybe see that this manager for Man United might get them going a little bit quicker with a better squad. It was merely in relation to Tottenham that I was saying. That there are good there are good signs for Man United because I think you're absolutely right. They did rely again on an individual bit of brilliance. I I don't like putting that word with Fred. It feels 
Um, he's good man he's good (laughs) he hasn't been good but yeah fair enough it was a good strike um but yeah i do i do agree with what you're saying but then it was it was a simple solution that did did okay so i just yeah i just think well and don't don't sleep on the result against arsenal too in the midweek like three two against arsenal 1.9 to 1.5 on xg that's a deserved win yeah against a quote-unquote fourth place rival um, yeah, again, and like Arsenal this year, you know they aren't they aren't the Arsenal that you should judge them as. Well, so, here's the percentages you know. for top four to put like numbers to it for five thirty eight. They have United at twenty seven, Arsenal at seventeen, and Spurs at twelve. So they actually have Spurs as the least likely, um, which is crazy to me, given that of the big six, quote unquote, Arsenal are the only ones that don't have a good manager. Like that should be a handicap, but it's hard to quantify, I guess. But yeah, I mean, I guess the numbers favor United as well. And I'm with Yui, and I think the building blocks are there, and they're scary. I've been saying this since the summer. If someone comes in and is like a good manager, they're as good as Chelsea, probably, or have the potential to be with the ple- the pieces that they have. But yeah, so let's um, let's talk about Palace then, rather than United. Um, if you what want, did, what did you? What's your assessment of this of this game from a from a oh Palace boy. point of view? Because um, I, I just think the last the last three games you can couple together is mm. it's disappointing in the context of you look at the first 10 games, but not if you look at the wider picture of uh, how we are positioned in the league. Like, we've just had five games where we've earned four points. Um, We've dropped five points this season after the 90th minute. Mm. We continue to concede from set plays. Um, you know, give it be it penalties or corners or free kicks or whatever. Eleven goals now after Rafinha's penalty. Um, I know it's slightly different than corners and free kicks, but you know it's still giving away a needless set piece. Mm-hmm. Even though Leeds shouldn't have had a corner before that 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 led to it. But whatever, football's football's football, and these things happen. You can't you you can't use that as a as a crutch because at some point in this season we'll hopefully get the rub of the green. And I think that's the thing that we haven't had any of those classic palace that we've known from the last few years where we haven't deserved the points and got them yet. Um I think that you know the very good start has kind of buoyed our expectations a bit too much and the underlying numbers are still there it's still positive but you know, so many teams you can, you know, you look at the last five games, like I said before, there's 13 teams that have got between four and eight points in the last five games. Like, that's not a lot. Like, that's a hefty chunk of the league that are, that is very close and truncated, which is why, you know, we've been absolutely crap in that time. And we're still, what, 13th, um, albeit the, you know, the lower extremities getting kind of closer that that's only six points above the drop now, now that Newcastle got their first yeah, win, Norwich. Five five points from eighth, though. You know, like you exactly, exactly yeah. what you say is right. It's it's incredibly, it's incredibly. It's tight just, still. it's just the opportunity in isolation, right? And it's it it genuinely has been really, really frustrating for me the fact that we had those really tough fixtures at the start, mm. and all of the underperforming teams have got rid of their managers before we've played them. Yeah, yeah. So the only the only underperforming manager really that we've played against this year that well that has lost their job is Nuno. 
Um, we, you know, we didn't we didn't get to play against Dean Smith's Villa. We didn't get to play against Daniel Farker's Norwich. Um, we didn't get to play against uh, Hisco Munoz's Watford. Um, it's looking potentially like Hassan Hutu is going to get fired. Well, we played them in 10 days. Rafa Benitez is massively under fire and Everton just lost their director of football. We play them next week. Yeah. So I wouldn't be surprised. We didn't get to play against Ole. And so we've just, we've come through that tough fixture and now we just get new manager bounces. And I think it's just, it's uh, you know, it's a bit of yeah. an unfortunate timing of things that is is definitely a factor um, when when you look at the season as a whole of how things have gone. But I think the the, the main problem is that, you know, we haven't, we don't have anyone or at least we aren't willing to play anyone who's, passing range can replicate Joachim Anderson so mm. you know people have moaned a bit about MacArthur but I think having Anderson as the centre back there being the one ball distributor um, that that has meant the rest of the midfield can have the freedom to push up because there's no onus on them to create such as Conor Gallagher who has kind of regressed to the mean I would say over the last four games he hasn't played particularly well but that I think that's mostly compared to the heights he was getting at the start. Similarly for Zaha, but I I think we're, you know, MacArthur's work rate is being replicated with having Jordan Ayew, who, yes, he runs, yes, he puts in a shift, but he's where possession and attacking football goes to fucking die. (laughs) And in the Man United game, missed an absolute fucking sitter. But not not only did he miss a sitter, I don't even think he was trying to shoot there. Such is how low his confidence is. I agree. That completely free, the ball drops to him three yards out and he doesn't try to shoot. Like, you can't... He's got all the attributes you probably want from a battling midfielder, but you wouldn't play him in midfield. Or he's the type of winger you play when you're defending a lead, mm. not when you need to get one. So what and would you change then? Like what if you could set a lineup, if you could bring players, obviously you're going to be restricted by people being healthy. Maybe Eze isn't ready to start, but like... It's really hard and you see the permutations that go on Palace Twitter of everything and obviously everybody has their two pennies and I'm sure it's the same for anybody with their team. How dare they suggest this player and whatever, but... I think you the only player I've seen that has a bit of a passing range similar to Anderson has been Jairo Riedeveld. Um, if he can play in a defensive midfield, but then the compromise then is that you have to probably have a, a, a more battling, aggressive midfielder in there because he's not got the pace. So that means potentially you drop Gallagher back into a double pivot or maybe Cuyate, um because he's played really well. And then it's kind of, I would have... Benteke, maybe Edward, um, Zaha, Elise, Eze, um, maybe as, as a three behind. But I think if we if you look at United, the way United played in this, and I was watching the highlights, and I'm not a genius, of course not, and I'm not a football tactician, but United were playing such a high line and compressing so much into the middle it just seemed to me like, well, if we'd have just pushed our wingers high and actually played long balls over with pace, like we'd have had some joy and we weren't doing that. There was one time there was a break on and they highlighted it on a match of the day. The United line, back line, was up, not just in the Palace, the the attacking half, but about level with the top of the centre circle, Mm. if you see what I mean. Mm -hmm. Wow. And Benteke started running and like, he had the entire half of the pitch 
And the Palace player didn't even clear that United line. They just kicked it straight into, I don't even think it was Maguire, I think it was Lindelof. And you're like, if in that situation, having an Edward running behind, having Zaha actually run at people that he doesn't do because he's having to back up to defend because on the RU side, there's no attacking creativity. So yeah. you can just kind of leave that as one-on-ones. It's kind of limited, but we're, you know it's still so early in the Vieira period. And, yeah, of course, yeah. Um, and, and, and I think, you know, I said before, there's 13 teams that are between four and eight mm-hmm. points. And I'm sure there's fans of tons of teams that are like going, oh, for fuck's sake, if only we had this. You know, Leeds have really, really struggled at the minute and not looked themselves. Leicester have fucking shot themselves in the foot compared to what they've done in previous seasons. Wolves, for all of their strong defence, have only got five points. Southampton... In the last three years, I saw a stat of thrown away 71 points from leading positions. Like, they keep giving stuff up. Brighton uh, keep finishing games with 10 men because of injuries. Their injury list is up to eight serious long-term injuries of first-team players. But luckily, the the one who's on bail for sexual assault, his bail keeps getting pushed back so he can keep playing and starting. Um Burnley haven't been doing well. They're on three points in that time. Um, one win of the season. You, you, you know, there's so many exact examples of teams in the same same positions. And but it's it's just always a shame when you don't take advantage of that. But you know, it's always what's the next game and and what can you do? So I, I'd say my expectations have been tempered back to the correct level they should be, and are brightened by our underlying numbers still having us as what like the fifth best team in the league yeah. this year and your and your fixtures um over the next few are decent Everton are, uh, yeah are, we've got a good christmas Everton are puffing themselves out here against arsenal they're really they've had two goals varred off it's currently one nil with uh, to arsenal with 18 minutes to go i mean i i would fancy you playing this this Everton side because they are they are running <laughs> I hope think, so, I, I but think, you know, um, they might uh, they might struggle against Palace. Yeah, it's it's very much a big week. Like this is yeah. a this is a big uh, every every game's a must win. I think for any team, you know, because you you want to keep performing well and you want to do well and you want to beat everyone you play. I think that's good. That's that's something that Vieira has said in his. Uh, post matches, even against teams like United, where it's just like, no, I don't give a shit who we're playing. Yeah. Like, we we should be attacking and we should go to win, um, which is nice to see. Um, but it's just achieving that, really. It's talking the talk and walking the walk, you know. So yeah. let's um, see how things go. Well, I continue to be of the opinion that you'd rather be underperforming your underlying numbers than overperforming because that bodes well for a future performance. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. And you guys are in a good place. So we'll see it. We'll get there. Just be patient, bud. Hang in there. But I think that does it for the soccer. I don't. There's no other games that oh. we want to talk about. What? I'm assuming Newcastle doing a lap of honour after beating Burnley. Oh, oh, are we quite sure? I mean, to be fair, <laughs> they probably should. Honestly, though, no. thank, thank the fans for not rioting. Do you hate that? Oh, here we go. This will be good. I, uh, Do you hate celebrating doing something good? No, come on, that's that's not what this is. A team that is not a team that is actually <laughs> shit. Not doing something shit. Right. If this was them beating Man City or Liverpool or Chelsea convincingly, I could maybe get on board with it. Uh, a fucking, what was it? A 1-0 against Burnley. 1-0 against I'm, Burnley. I'm just not having a lap of honour 
for that. I, it, that's just ridiculous to me. I mean, Bro, you're still... If Peterborough beat Burnley, you would be demanding all of the if last Peter of Peter Peterborough beat Burnley, yeah. If Peterborough beat anyone, they're doing a fucking pitch invasion <laughs> this, this is year. what I'm saying. This is Newcastle is Peterborough. No, I'm... They'll have to replace all the asbestos in the sands. People will be nicking it as souvenirs. Like, I, you can't... I think it's you can't, embarrassing. They they <sighs> need to... And, and it, it came up today on the Football Ramble, actually, and, I, and I, I thought it was agreed. Like, you can't say that there's a disconnect between players and fans and they need to be doing more to ingratiate themselves <laughs> and showing thanks for the dedication that these people show, you know, parting with their hard-earned money. Um, 52... Newcastle this season still selling out 52,000 seats in a game against fucking Burnley you give and five. then like you give the they fans give the free points game. they show the appreciation <laughs> and then people are saying oh look no. at them doing a lap of honour like give the fans the clap you've got every to game. that you spirit you do not you've need got... to go round the pitch as if you've done something monumental why shouldn't you go to all four sides of the ground why shouldn't you go for all four sides of the ground <laughs> you show him respect to everyone who came you're also together as a team I, right. I've got there absolutely a, no problem fine. with that there Brentford were applauded for it they did when they beat Arsenal and they did it every fucking game in the championship as well and look what team spirit and kind of community they build up to do I it. think there Newcastle is a difference fucking between need going that to... because otherwise how are they supposed to sports wash Ian how are they supposed to cover up the blood yeah. if they can't make people happy yeah, yeah, yeah. they're already wiping the sports direct up there you know they're, they're trying Pitching to get, get these people Pitching going this is a lap of honour being to, to sort of th- thank the fans is but I think a step too far. You can go to every side of the ground and you can clap. You can clap the fans who have been with you for every match because Newcastle fans, you know, they they turn up. They fucking turn up. I've not been the biggest fans of Newcastle fans over the years, but they fucking turn up. Fair enough. Doing a lap of honour as if you've done something good by beating Burnley one nil. And, and, well, they have. They've won a game. You remain below them in the league. They've won a game. No one would think oh, they would. They've won a game. They've won a game. No one thought they would. Winning, uh, it's not. It's not on. What if they did it every game? What if they? What if that became a thing? They did every game they win. Well, that's one thing. You, you're if you form okay. a tradition, because I think. Um, okay. Well, the tradition's oh, got to tradition. start somewhere. That's it? it. That's where once the word tradition comes out, Ian is like, "Oh, everything's <laughs> about tradition." Gotta have tradition. That's how they start the Eddie Howe revolution. You know what I mean? Fine. I can't believe I'm defending Newcastle. Like, no, but but no, they should because the amount of times I've been to games and you see players like some of the players half-heartedly go around. You're like, oh, that's nice for you. Why can't the rest of you fucking do it? Like, I get that you're pissed off, but there's some people that travel miles and miles and miles at this country especially for away fans like the amount of effort you have to fucking go through because every train is cancelled sky moves the fixtures so that you physically cannot get back from the venues people have to take like two day holidays just to like like palace fans were having to do that just to go to the leeds away game because it was at eight o'clock at night show a bit even still the respect of some people live far away from the games they might travel a lot they give up a lot of time they give up their money I don't think there's anything wrong but with the them the lap of honour feels self-aggrandizing Ian is like you may celebrate but you may not smile you may <laughs> clap but not more than three times in two seconds and never for a volume louder than 20 Meter decibels your joy Please, sir, have some decorum. This is a football match, sir. Sir. I will have you know there are children here. You may not clap. <laughs> this is not what I'm saying. I'm saying you can, you can thank the fans. But not enthusiastically. Ground, you can thank them, but not, but in not a circle. smile. If you, if you move in a circle. Not in a, not in a circle. Yeah, don't get close <laughs> to those fans. Whatever you do, keep your distance. 
You fucking The second dick. you make a geometric shape, you are aggrandising your own position. And I want the... a scattered oblong. <laughs> I want vague yeah. patterns. I don't want any sort of conformity, any lines able to be drawn. So I, I don't want Joe Cole to highlight it on a fucking iPad. Well, he'd get it wrong anyway. So he'd get it wrong. Fun. He wouldn't be able to turn it on. Bless him. Oh, what have I done? Oh, oh. Oh, oh dear. Oh, um, <laughs> so, yeah, Newcastle. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> You heard it here first, folks. Don't celebrate. No. Oh, Southampton have had to sign Willie Cowboy on an emergency loan. Uh, that's a thing that's happened. 40-year-old Willie Caballero, um, because both of their first... Uh, Fraser Forster and Alex McCarthy are both injured. Um, what else happened? Anything else happened? Oh, Patrick Bamford scored with his last touch and then said he had a shit game. <laughs> Bless him. <laughs> I actually quite enjoyed oh, that. Oh, Richarlison's just scored his third goal, and this one might count. Hooray! It counted. <laughs> yes. No there Arsenal clean sheet. Yes. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> Forgot about FPL. 73 points, baby. Uh, and Villa Leicester. Oh, Villa player kicked through Cashmere Michael's hand. But uh, there we go. Oh, yeah. Goal. So. Quick quick opinions on that. Uh, the Yeah, well, he had it under control by the letter of the law. Whether I, I, agree. I agree with it or not. Fixtures are done. Um, do you want a little bit of a... I did a Predictor League update, if you want. Oh, well, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, why not? Hang on, but I've closed the tab. Uh, predict League. League of Predictions, where people gave us the predictions at the start of the season where they thought the 20 teams would finish. And I need to keep singing this song till my Google Drive opens and I can open the spreadsheet to give you the standings for the Predictor League. Brilliant. Um, congratulations, Ruben Byman. You are 40 away. 40 points currently in the Predictor League and top Ooh, it. That feels um, good. Yeah, it does feel good considering we're starting to shake out a bit now. Yeah. Uh, as much as competitive as it is, once again, Oscar's proved right because the top six are pretty much back at the top six um, and everyone else is falling away. Um, the rest of the top three, Andy Pempres, he's from Sutton on 44 and then a three-way tie for third, Sam Van Damby, Alex Sampson and John OG. Nice. Um, Oscar, you and I are down in joint eighth. Um, with Toby Hammond and Nate Whittam. I'll take it. Ian, Ian's in 18th Ooh, on 60 not points. Good. Not so much. You're down there with Mark the Shark Daffin and anybody else. Finley Stimson, 64 in 29. What about the good doctor? Where's the good doctor at? Did she enter this year? Yes, she certainly did. Did she enter? Did she? Mm. Did she? She gave... Oh, shit. <laughs> she gave me a... Brilliant, speech. Oscar. You didn't pass him on. Lovely. <laughs> well, I am in trouble, and she's definitely <laughs> currently staring at me as we listen to this on Wednesday. <laughs> Future me, you are fucked. <laughs> we will have to go to the judges panel for that one. So there we go. Predict League. Never mind. It doesn't matter. Ian, we got a quiz. I phoned it in. Hit that jingle. We got a bluffer! A bluffer! Hey! Uh, uh, uh. Bluff It's bluff time. Got a bluff, will you bluff, what you bluff, do you know, got the bluff, bluff for time, is bluff for time, Oscar. bluff for time, you bluff for time. Believe it or not, Oscar's bit isn't recorded, he freestyles that. <laughs> if you would believe such a thing. <laughs> Who would believe, it's the bluffer, it's the return of a classic, you know how it works, I'll give him a category, there's a certain number of answers, they've got a bid as per how many they could name, I believe overall in the season standings for the quiz, we are back at a tie. Yep. Seven seven or yep. five five or something. <laughs> seven seven <laughs> five five knows. six six. What number would you like it to be? I know guys? that it's tied. I do know it's tied because that's all I keep track of. So let's say seven seven. 
Seven seven? Yeah, okay. I'm fine. I'm fine with that. I mean, it's five five, but yeah, we'll say seven seven. <laughs> you love sevens. Bump it up a bit, make it seem it's better, and I didn't miss a load of quizzes. Um, <laughs> let's go with Oscar first. Seven. Oscar. Uh, really? <laughs> Okie dokie. Oscar has bid seven. <laughs> Ian, do I have a raise on seven? <laughs> oh, blind bluffer. No. <laughs> okay. Well, don't say no because now you're out. Uh, <laughs> Really simple. There's been a lot of managerial changes recently. So, you know, there's 20 answers to this one. I just want you to name all 20 managers in the Premier League currently as we as he, as we speak, because I don't know if some of them have been fired mid-game. <laughs> um, I did this about an hour before we record and assume you haven't seen any highlights because nothing's come through. So Oscar has bid seven. Yeah, sure. Ian, what are you bidding? Uh, Twelve. Twelve. Yeah. Escalation. Um, ooh, can I do twelve? Can you do? Can I do twelve? <laughs> First of all, that's not the 13. question. You need to do at least thirteen. There we go, Ian. Okay, I feel like I should be able to beat Oscar on this one. So I think so too. Yeah, I'm bad at names. I, I probably won't be able to get all twenty because there's probably two that I've got blind spots on. But I'll go seventeen. Yeah, go on, have it. Yeah. Oh, boom. yeah. Okay. I'm not going eighteen. Are you crazy? I don't know names. I don't know names <laughs> of teams, let alone managers. Okay. So let's get this done. There's 17. So uh, Pep, I'm going to go down the league. Klopp. When you say go down the league, what do you have in front of you right now? Well, I've got the Premier League table because I had that open from the pod. Whoa, 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 whoa. Performance enhancing tabs. I've got the Close your tabs. You absolute slug. Close the tabs. <laughs> Ian, I okay. also have the Premier League table in front of me because I had it open don't from before. I think it's an advantage having the teams close of the Premier the League. Close the fucking tab! I'm going to close all of my tabs and Ian, you should also. That's like doing a, a geography question and having a fucking globe in front of you. Yeah, it was already tabs. up. It's not like it looked it up. Ian, I'm okay you're with not it, do- but let's Hang close on. It. You're not doing it. You're not doing it. So you're kind of forgiven, but keep quiet for the best. You right. absolute... It's closed. D- it's closed. Fine. I might go to a steward's inquiry and add interest onto yours. This is foul play. I think I should get this hang point. On. A second ago, you were fucking supporting No, no, no. I've changed my mind. Chuck is right. You will do anything to stop me winning this. You will shut the fuck up. <laughs> You you just used performance enhancing tabs to gain two answers. Therefore, I'm going to rule that you need to give 19 to get the point. Oh no! How yep. dare you, Lance Armstrong? Me <laughs> quiz master ruling. I agree, Chuck. I think that you are a fair and noble quiz master, and I appreciate Thank your you, fair enforcement. I will take. I will uh, remember that since you sent me 300 euros before we began. No one tell Jude Bellingham. Right, so you, you'll accept Pep and Klopp. Okay. Um, yep. Right, Tuchel. Correct. Three. Con- Conte. Four. Um, the new guy, uh, Ragnick. Uh, Ragnarok. Ragnarok. Yes. Yes. Thor yeah. Ragnarok. Um, David Moyes. David Moyes. Yes. Arteta. Correcta. <laughs> Benitez. For now. <laughs> uh, Sean Dyche. Yes. Eddie Howe. Howe. For now. Dean Smith. Dean Smith. Harson Hoodle, unless I've missed something on Twitter. No, not that I've heard for now. <laughs> yeah. uh, how many am I up to? Uh... Oh, I don't know, but you've got about <laughs> seven more to go, probably. Okay. Thomas Frank. Thomas Frank. Vieira. Yes, thank uh, you. Uh, Brendan Rogers. B. Rog. Graham Potter. Grandpa, I, I swallowed my word a little bit there. Yeah, Grandpa 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 Potter. Potter. <laughs> Are we saying that he's a great hippopotamus? Grandpa Potter. Grandpa Potter. Um, 
He's a grey hippopotamus. Oh, who's um wolves? One, um, two, three, four. So you've got three more to get. Bruno Large. Bruno Large, he's not small. Yeah. Oh, Bielsa. Marcelo. One more. One more. Who have I, who am I missing? Oh, the the other two. <laughs> Thanks. Oh, uh uh Ranieri. Ranieri. Did you say Gerard? Oh, he did not. He, s- he slipped on that one, didn't he, yeah. Oscar? Well done, Ian. Right, so Oscar, you had the first bid last time. So, Ian, you had the point. Oh, it's best of three, by the way. Okay. Um, I've had to update this as we go. And as we speak, right this second, in this game week, there have been 24 different goal scorers. Ugh. How many of the 24 Ian Stimson can you name? Oh, God. Um, this is across the 10 fixtures. 24 goal scores. I will, I'll go low. Uh, six. Six. Um, as many as six. Seven. Bearing in mind, five were scored just in your game, Oscar. <laughs> <laughs> and knowing us, it was probably five different goal scorers. Uh, correct. Uh, seven. Yes, seven from Oscar, the classic bid. Ian, you're going any higher than seven. Uh, yeah, I'll go eight. Eight. Tosca, you're going higher than eight. We are at 33%. I'll go nine. 33.3. Nine. I don't know the percent for that one. Nine percent uh, times 4.5. 40.5%, maybe. Maths. Um, Ian does an FPL pod. He's going to win this. Like, I just got to drive him yeah, up. Yeah, but I'm I'm struggling to... Uh, when I, uh, oh, God. I'm See, I'm overbidding at the minute. Uh, Ten. Okay, have it. Oh, oh shit! You told me you're overbidding. What do you think I'm gonna do? So, so wait. So you're gonna let him? He can win. He can I win. I might here. have continued to overbid. <laughs> okay, let's try and think. Then I've got uh, Bernardo Silva. Ding! Scored two. Um, Early cancers one though. Who else scored in that match? Um, uh, Old Sterling got the first. Ding! Correct two. I can't remember who got Watford's. Uh, so let's go over to uh, the Chelsea game. Uh, Bowen, I know, Ding. got one. Three. Um, oh, Mount, because you've got him in FPL. I do. And he scored a lovely goal. We didn't mention that. Lovely side He footer. did, yeah. Beautiful goal, one, two, yeah. three, four. And um, Silver, because I had him in fan tracks. Uh, I'm going to need you to be more specific. Thiago Silva. Thank you. <laughs> I mean, you already said Bernardo, yeah, so, so it doesn't matter. But, yeah. um, One, two, three, four, five. Five and, go. Um, the, the weird last goal that West Ham scored uh, was that defender that we all had in FPL for a bit. Um, Masuaku. Ding. Very Correct. nice, Paul. Very One, nice, two, Paul. Three, four, five, six. Four you should more. know his name. Six. That four was more a to go. Fun goal. Um, I, too, am a fun cat. guy. <laughs> Uh, can I have uh, Richarlison, who I've just what? No. Um, I mean, I, I did say to you as we talk, so oh, as we talk, it oh, this game. I'll have Richarlison then. <laughs> Ding! Richarlison, <laughs> who has scored two now in this game. Arsenal are losing 2-1 in extra time. Hey! One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Three more. Uh, and Sun scored for my FPL team. He did indeed. It. As did Wilson, didn't he? Wilson! Yeah, he got the single banger. goal for. Damn discuss. it! I was hoping you'd get mixed up with the midweek and be like, "Oh, that's right! I remember Reece James no. scoring and be or whatever." Like, oh, and then um, um, Arigi. 
Steve Ocherigi! Play the music here. Very nice. Feel very unceremonial, uncelebratory. Where do music. I start my lap of honour? The lap of honour <laughs> music. I'd say, yeah, that's the kind of music you'd have for your lap of honour, wouldn't you? <laughs> you'd Maybe expect. about 45 minutes. He, it's Probably. hard to move quickly at his age, Chuck. He, it it yeah. takes him a while to get He's places. He's getting up there. Okay, well, I did have a third, but we will save that for another bluffer. Um, and well done, Ian. You're now one ahead, whatever <sighs> score scoring mechanism you would like that to mean, um, even though the judges were, frankly, against you. <laughs> Friday game week. Mark Daffin, Friday game week. Friday Claxon, 6.30. Your FPL team sorted. Friday, 10th of December, we have the Ford Derby. Uh, Mondeo versus Fiesta, Brent versus Watt. Um, Saturday, the 11th of December, kickoff early is Man City Wolves. We then have Arsenal versus Southampton, Chelsea Leeds, Liverpool Villa, and Norwich Manchester United. Um, Sunday, Three games at two o'clock, but one of them's on the telly. Brighton against Spurs, Burnley against West Ham, Leicester, Newcastle is on the box. And then we end the week on Palace Everton. Um, Chances are we'll then be recording during the next game week, which comes pretty much straight away on the 14th of December. Thick and fast. yeah, every single game actually is on BT Sport that that week. So uh, that'll be interesting. Get a bit of goal rush on uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday night. Disappoint all your partners by overtaking the TV, guys. Um, <laughs> Oscar, do you think Chelsea recover against a fairly abject Leeds? Or are you just full negative Nancy at this point? I think we didn't even mention this during the Chelsea segment, but I think what happens with Lukaku next will be very interesting to see. Uh, I My gut says that he'll go the 3-4-2-1, but put Lukaku in there. And mm-hmm. um, and I think it might work. I'm feeling pretty hopeful, actually. Nice. That's good. I like that. Um, you know, I was feeling great about beating Everton, but now, you know, they're up 2-1 against Arsenal, so I don't know what to think yeah, anymore. Oh, it was Gray who scored their second goal in off the post and then booked for taking his shirt off. It's a cracking goal, though. Oh, so where do you stand on um, taking your shirt off in a 2-1, <laughs> maybe not a win uh, against fun. Arsenal? You may take your shirt off, but you may not smile, nor may you walk at anything faster than a brisk pace. Yeah, you may not You may not swirl it above your head more than seven times in a minute. Burnley, who are the watchword on both this podcast and generally, is, is it, they're generally shorthand for <laughs> Premier League mediocrity. And we're saying a 1-0 win against Burnley is... is, is is what's the word? I mean, Bamford took his shirt off for a last-minute equaliser against not, Brentford, who are a promoted side. So, that. are you going to moan about that as well? Or how weird is it? Have you ever, have you ever in your life, apart from, <laughs> ever seen anyone who would, celebrate. outside of being massively drunk, oh, take their enough. shirt off to celebrate anything? Ian, literally play the music, please. We need to get out of here. Um, <laughs> oh, hang on. It, it won't be. Oh, oh, oh no. So I, I thought there was something happening. Live commentary. That's what people like on podcasts. Right, that's that was worth holding up for, for fuck's sake. Jesus Christ. Right then, well, thank you as we really get back with the three of us. I'm off for a lap of honour of the living room. Say goodbye, Oscar Puente. Goodbye. Say goodbye, Ian the Boar Stimson. Clapping, Kelly. Clapping, Finley. Thanks, guys. Uh, not going to lie, I've forgotten all the producers' names. Uh, Nate, Johnny OG, Jeff Pedder, uh, Andy Pembrays, and the other one. Bye. <laughs>